and counting myself in. Three, two, one. Yo, 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 this is Jared Thomas, and I'm coming to you from the Whistles Podcast. This is the official disclaimer that all content produced on this episode is done by amateurs, and we are not professionals. As student-athletes, I think there are reasons why we can't, um, actually, never mind. Listen up and hope you enjoy. So we're gonna keep it going in Welcome to Whistles Podcast, episode Mike Vick, number seven, the GOAT. As always, before we would like to start with thanking our listeners for their support every single day. And what do we subscribe to? Powder Blue Podcast. Yes, that is right. Powder <coughs> Blue Podcast. And we Go love check out you. whistles. Can I get a whistle shake? Hit a second. Oh. Seven episodes and you still don't know what to subscribe to? <laughs> Jeez. Just, How does that I think work? He, I think he knew. I think he knew. He just didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah, I didn't want to get it wrong because last time you guys tried to have you know. me. Trying to have you Actually, letters, I know what you're doing. You know I know what you're got doing. got the memory of a... Stuff. You like to intentionally mess up so you can fall oh. back on the, this is unprofessional. Yeah. This yeah, is unprofessional. That, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly oh, what it is. Oh, that makes sense. It's been on purpose the whole time. Right, right. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So if this cool, is episode cool. Mike Vick. Oh, yeah. Is Mike Vick the greatest left-handed athlete of all time? You dare to say that sitting across from me right now. You're left-handed? Yeah, I'm left-handed. <laughs> Are you really? Oh, look. Just because you can drink a water bottle, Jake. <laughs> left-handed doesn't make you left-handed. <laughs> See how easily I picked that up with my left hand? Yeah, but but to on. answer your question, yeah. I do dare say that across from left hand, <gasps> left-handed athletes. Wow, that's a. But that's the thing. Like, if you have to I think about think it, of, right. yeah, I can't the only think one I can think else. of is James Harden. Shout out oh, to Houston, absolutely but, not. But that's what I'm saying. He's not. Are you looking that up right now? Yeah, left-handed. And this is men. I'm and gonna women. say no. Men and women. Steve Young. Steve uh, Young. Steve Young. Okay. Pretty nice. Dude, Mike Vick comes up on this. I looked it up. Uh, Where am I on that list? Jake, there. Randy Johnson was six ten. Goodness gracious. Wow. To be honest with you, I that's can't. A, t- a tall human. Bro, there's not. I'm there's just not thinking about man. with Mike Vick on any of the Maddens that he was cheat on. Cheat code. It was a cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. Because but if the if his receivers were covered, you just take you just off. You run. You run. <laughs> if you loaded the box, then he'd just pick you apart with his arm. Yeah. Exactly. That was literally the ultimate. I mean, that's, you know what? To give a little backstory, that is why I became a Patriots fan and Tom Brady fan. Because of Mike Vick alone, all right? If you go back to NFL oh my NFL God. 2004 with Mike Vick on the cover, prime Mike Vick, right, with the Falcons, I'd be playing my brother, and I hate losing, right? And he would pick Mike. He would pick the Falcons and destroy teams. So I was like, forget it. I'm going to find a team that's good, too. If you look back and think of that year, 2004, who had just won the Super Bowl? 
All right, the Patriots are really know. good. So, yeah, I bandwagon when I was a kid. Not quite sure. But but that was the only time I got a fighting chance to win a video game. So, yes, that's why I became a Patriots fan because I would sit there. And further validating back. how your allegiance to a sports team is fraudulent. Off of a video game? That's back where you day. base your allegiance because of a video game? Yes, because I was six I mean, years you're old. You're not from Cincinnati. Uh, to be I, fair, okay. I, I kind of did the same thing back in the day. Thank you. You always go with the good team. I was, was like, I was like two frauds. Yeah, I know. I was like a huge Chargers fan for a this minute just absurd. because of LT. I was like, oh, he's yeah. good. Yeah. That'd be sick. You yeah. got to think. I mean, 2006, or oh not 2006, God. 2004. Who's on what are we talking about on this episode? What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, sorry to get Two frauds. I'm literally sitting across with two frauds. I'll admit it. Yeah, now coming later in this episode, we've got some fun, more fun interviews with teammates coming from the locker room as we kind of talk about the camp life as a young guy. We're still in camp. We're still in camp right now. Grinding. Grinding. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be talking with some guys about their experience with Kenosha. So for, for the listeners, I think we should take some time to explain right. exactly what Kenosha is. Yeah. Right. But before we start, as always, what happens in the locker room? Stays, stays in the locker room. room. There we go. Now, Jared, please explain. What is Kenosha? Okay, so for those that are listening, Kenosha is, as some would call it, the garden spot of America. Right. Kenosha this Lock. is Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, it is a hour drive north of Evanston, Illinois. And truly, it was founded almost 30 years ago. Like, I think we're coming up on the 30-year anniversary of us Five. officially going to Kenosha. Around the, yeah, yeah, no, you're close. Yeah, yeah close, close to 30. To 30 yeah. Close to 30. And it was just um, a tradition founded upon really getting away from what we're used to, which is Evanston, Illinois. And we go to Kenosha, where we have no other choice but to bond with our brothers. And that was the whole point of it, was to forge a brotherhood where you were given no other choice but to, you know, build camaraderie, Mm -hmm. um, be around guys, not only in your position group, but other position groups. I think that's what's special about it as well, because so many interactions are organic. There are so many great traditions that we'll touch on a little bit. Can't give away them all. Right. I mean, that would just ruin it, but we'll give you some, um, some of the lighthearted ones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's really just a way to break up camp, get away. Find uh, love. Cody Grunwald. Find love. (laughs) Oh, wow. Carthage. It is Carthage, right? Carthage. Carthage. Carthage College. Carthage College. Carthage College. Shout out to my former advisor, Michelle Jorwick Carr. Yeah. She is. She really an alum of Carthage College. Really? It's a nice school. I now know two people. At Small. School. Right on the lake. Friend. Nice pool. Absolutely. Been there a few Although times. Although we no longer go to Carthage College. Wait, why? Wait, what? We went last year. I we went last year. Did we? Yeah, yes. we went last year. The oh, pool, I'm thinking, the pool, I'm thinking the of Kenosha UW Parkside. Yeah. 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 That, that, the pool hasn't been open for a while. It was Sorry, never, I misspoke. It, it was never yeah. open when we were there, right? No. Yeah. No, yeah, we kind of touched on it. I had it my first year. You did, yeah. But Jeremy and I are much losers. I guess that's it's what so you much for being frauds. Wow. Gosh. Yeah, yeah I guess I so. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Carthage College. Carthage College. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael Strahan in the booth. Oh, right man. Now. Yeah, we kind of touched on a little bit of camp last week, a little bit of Kenosha. Um, but the way our camp works is Kenosha's a nice mix-up of scenery. We start out in Evanston and then kind of a, a week vacation, as the old line would call it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Hawaii, a Hawaiian break, um, tropical event, whatever Absolutely. it is. It changes the theme every year, right? Um, as least amount of buttons that you can button up as possible. Right. So <laughs> the, the stomach and the chest is definitely out. Right. I mean, because that's what you do when you go on vacation. Exactly. So, Lark, what we got on this episode? What, what are we looking forward to? Oh, we're kind of talking about, you know, the, the main thing that you experience as a young guy at Kenosha, the Kenosha face condition. Oh, yeah. 
Kenosha face. You know what I'm talking about. You know about. when you see it. You know the face. It's the inability it, to kind of know what's going on yeah. and how to deal with the dog days of camp as you're walking down that, that long, long, long walk from the dorms to practice. And that face can happen at any time in the year. Any yeah. Time. But they really show their true colors Absolutely. in Kenosha. Yeah. I mean, if you get caught with a Kenosha face, oh. I mean, there's one guy I'm thinking on the team who actually has permanent Kenosha face. It's tough. It's a real condition. You should get looked at. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but for the guys that are listening, they know who I'm talking about. Is he Canadian? What I else can we got on this one. episode, Lark? Huh? <laughs> what else do we have on this episode? What's no, uh, no, we're talking Kenosha. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk to the interviews you know? later. We're going to talk to a young guy. Talking about some of their favorite moments. I mean, what are you guys' favorite moments at, at Kenosha? I mean. Man. When I think of my favorite time, I think of like the free time period when you're kind of able to like get that bonding that you talk about is kind of getting together. And for us, or for me and my friends, you know, we would we would just get together, play some card games. You know, shout out Try G, you know who you are. Uh, that was the best free time game or free time bonding we ever had. Yeah, one of the best things we do as a position group, the D line, is the D line sleepover every time in Kenosha. Uh, so we uh, take, I think it's normally two bedrooms. Because the older guys in Kenosha, you get your own bedroom, and we take everyone's mattresses out of their out of their dorms and drag them into the older guys, and it's always interesting because half the guys have like their sleep machines, and the other half need sleep machines, so there's <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a snore pit. And those rooms you guys have been in there, the rooms are like the ceilings are like 15 feet high of just concrete, so the echo in there is unreal. Yeah, so yeah, it's really uh, a special kind of orchestra of snoring in there, uh, but that's always a good time. I think I appreciate. Just the the positional traditions. Obviously, the D line has their thing. Everyone just kind of has the their own positional. You know what they look forward to each and every year. Oh, yeah. uh, I would say for the old line, besides going on vacation, we have a, a little um, dance off um, for the young guys to show us their dance moves. Um, I've seen some really horrendous things. Mm -hmm. I could, but the fact that you put yourself out there, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. But uh, absolutely, nine times out of ten. A lot of guys just, you know, we can kick, we can, you know, catch drive going backwards, but some guys just can't put the rhythm in their head together <laughs> to, <laughs> to formulate some dance moves. So, um, but no, it's always a good time. Ooh, um, also looking forward to some uh, avocado pudding, uh, some black, black bean, bean brownies. Black bean Shout out Katie and her staff. Shout out Katie, yeah. I, I think I'm one of the few people that actually likes the pudding, so I'm not going to talk bad about that pudding. Shout, Shout out Katie good. and her staff. Shout out Katie and her staff. The Okay. All right. All right. So. so yeah, let's wrap it up and get into these these interviews with the young guys as they kind of explain their experience with their Kenosha face. I mean, I think the best part about this is that we don't know who we're going to select. Oh yeah. So neither do they. Yeah. Neither do they. Another unexpected change. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things in why you experience Kenosha face. You have no idea what's going on. You kind of have no clue. You're kind of you get in your head. You get in your head. Start freaking out like what's going on. You're looking at the older guys and trying to figure out what they're doing, you know, and kind of – because they've been there. They know what Kenosha's about, but as a young guy, you have no clue. Yeah. So I think when you're going through your first training camp as a young guy, you are always on edge. Always. Yeah. Because you just don't know what to expect. You yeah. don't know what's coming next. It's just – I think that's the good part about it because you kind of figure it out as you go. And once you graduate from it being your first year, you're like, man. Yeah. It now somebody else has I to I think go what this. triggered my yeah. Kenosha face my first year was one of the last days in Kenosha when we're in the cold tubs. 
and all the fifth years start chanting, no more Kenoshas, no more. Oh, wow. And then they point at you and say, four more <laughs> Kenoshas. <laughs> and you're sitting in the cold tub, and you're like, and that's when I went blank. I said, there's no way I can do four more. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is true. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah. but by the time this episode is released, mm-hmm. I will be on the cusp of no. yelling that same chant. Yeah. Wow. That's a good feeling. No more Kenoshas. Yeah, I got one more. <laughs> yeah. so sit back, enjoy some of these interviews as we get with the young guys. Elevator music. All right, let's get it. Three, two, one. All right, we are now here coming live from the Players Lounge in the Walter Athletic Senior. <laughs> It's now or never. It's now or never. Uh, Okay, one more time, one more time. All right, we now want to welcome our guest to the interview. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But it's every week. Every week. He can't help himself. Uh, All right, all right, one more time, one more time. Three, two, one. All right, now we would like to welcome onto the Whistles podcast. Two young guys is what we mentioned before. You know, we've got Isaiah Bowser, future running back, Greg Newsom, DB. Let the people know what's up. Say what's up to the people. Yo, yo, yo. It's G News here. G News here. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. I, Isaiah, I be. And as always, we got my man, the voice, the yo, yo, yo himself. You're. <laughs> That's Jared for you guys who didn't know. You might have thought it was Jake. You know? Shout out, Indy. It's Jared. Yeah. Already. But now, one of the reasons we wanted to bring y'all to the to this episode specifically is to talk about what camp is like as a young guy and kind of your experiences of having that Kenosha face. So, you know, you guys were young guys who were able to contribute at a very early early on in your careers, and you've grown up really quick in your in your days here, but are still very childish childish in many ways, and also just dealing with having to overcome adversity and stepping up to the challenge of college football. So that's kind of one of the reasons we wanted to bring y'all on today. You know, I just kind of want to first start off by saying, you know, let me set the record straight with Zay. The reason we're coming here today in the Players' Lounge and not the hot tub is because this was his idea. So, Zay, you got anything you want to say about that? I mean, last episode we were on the hot, we were in the hot tub. Uh, tell me a little bit about your inspiration for coming up with that show for Whistles. Oh uh, yeah, so the hot tub idea came from uh, I watched Kevin Hart's uh, I think it's called Coldest Balls. And I thought okay. it was a good idea just to, like, you know, kind of, it's kind of uncomfortable for him, though, you know, meeting in the cold tub while still having to talk to, like, the famous people he talks to. I thought the hot tub would be a good idea because it, it's, it's like, kind of like the opposite, obviously. It's, like, more comfortable. Um, and, you know, I think people would like to be around that, and it's different. False. That was not comfortable at all. That was hot. <laughs> after a while. After, yeah, I guess if you're in there for longer than, like, 10 to 15 minutes. At the end of the day, you just got to get your credit because – yeah, the way I mean, Lark made it seem, it seemed like it was his idea, hot tub edition. Yeah, it was. 100% but as it dawned on idea. me, <laughs> I had to recall that no, that was actually IB that came up with that idea. So we yeah. just had to give you your love. Appreciate and respect. the credit. I appreciate that. Yeah. Sure. That's respect. And then another set the record straight, real quick. Greg, who's a better Fortnite player between the two of y'all? Um, honestly, um, probably the greatest Fortnite player you have ever seen in your the life. The greatest. The okay. greatest. What in about? Your life? Wasn't it like a cat that just won the Fortnite World Cup? 
They he didn't won, invite me. I was he, too he won three. He won, he won three mil. He I was too good, bro. Nah, but, too yeah, good. I'll give, it, I'll give it to Greg right now. But when it first came out, I was I was top dog. Then I stopped playing. So <laughs> you kind of let the boys go I ahead. Let, I let them exactly. have it. Yeah, I let them have it. Should have been too good. So you say you're the best on the team? Oh, by far. Nah, oh. actually, me and JJ, I give it a uh, one-two. We are one-two punch. Who's the me? one then? Right. Oh. <laughs> you know, you who's know how Steph? you who's know how Steph and KD is. They switch off every night. You but feel who me? is the one? Man, I'm KD. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm KD. Bro. I'm KD. I can't lie. All right. Man. All right. So recent episodes, we kind of talked about what Kenosha's like, um, some of the things that come with that. Obviously, the infamous trail to practice and the time that you get to spend with your brothers um, at dinner, in the locker room, whatever it is. Um, we didn't mention um, Cell Block D, which is the injured group that, you know, during practice they go and get it in because they're limited. They're not able to go full go in practice. So um, in camp we call it Cell Block D. And then obviously just some of the other things that come with Kenosha. So um, we just wanted to kind of give you a little – recap of what we talked about before just to kind of get your mind and some of the juices flowing um intellectually if i were to use a big word but, uh, so i'm gonna swing it i'm gonna swing it back to jeremy though so we can get this thing started yeah no nah, just for one of the first things is kind of that, that transition into the from a high school player going into college for your first camp how would you explain you know you guys both early enrollees for those who don't know how would you explain that first spring ball camp and as a high schooler basically because y'all were still what was that that was your senior year, technically. Yeah. Like, you left. Y'all left to go back to graduation. So, being a high schooler and stepping up to that college challenge of going through a spring ball, what was that first camp like for you, for both of you? Uh, the first spring ball? Yeah. Because I, yeah, I remember it. Was, it but. Yeah, it was it was difficult. You know, it was a lot thrown at me at, at one time, uh, coming in pretty – especially being, like, the youngest guy on the team, when me and Greg being the youngest guys on the team. Um, it wasn't like there was much expected of us coming in right away because, you know, they knew that, you know, it takes a while to get a grasp of everything. But then just being me, I wanted to be like, I wanted to learn everything right away. I wanted to be, you know, as good as I could be right away. So I would, you know, take it, take it very seriously, trying to learn my plays and, you know, follow the older guys. But yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um, but I think with the help of the older guys, you know, they, they definitely, you know, helped it go smoothly. Mm-hmm. But um, at first, yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, it was a struggle. It was, it, yeah, it was definitely. I a tried. Struggle. I tried taking you under my wing, you know, being an Ohio guy. I, I think, yeah, you, you did for the most part. But then, I mean, there's always some times where I'm by myself, and you know, I, I had to go try to try to do best I could, you know. But I think it's definitely an interest, a great experience. I think it made me better um, now because um, mm-hmm. it gave me that extra, you know, spring to develop my you know, ability, work on my craft and learn the plays, which is uh, important, especially in offense that we have. Um, for me, I think it was extremely difficult as well, just because of the fact I was injured pretty much for the first time in my career playing football ever, and I was out the whole entire spring. And I was here, um, I had big aspirations of coming in and playing right away. I mean, I, I ended up being able to um, from overcoming my injury, but um, right away, I mean, I was hurt pretty much the whole spring, so I only could practice about t- two times. And, you know, it's never the same with just learning the defense. Just in the film room, it's better to get out there and, and make mistakes. So I didn't really mm-hmm. have the, the chance to make m- many mistakes in the spring, so I had to pretty much make my mistakes in fall camp and in the first few games. So, so for both of you guys, I mean, I would just say, like, every single year, every time we get early enrollees, it's like they come in the winter, and I'm always like – Y'all tripping. Like, I don't know why you're here in the winter. It's too cold. It's the senior, you know, it's spring, winter of your senior year. That's the best time of your life. But at the same time, you know, 
I guess y'all just build different. <laughs> y'all build different, definitely. But no, I think uh, with older guys in the locker room, we see you guys come in, and then some months go by, and the rest of your class gets here, and it's like, wait a minute. Y'all still in that class. What grade are y'all in? Because <laughs> you just uh-huh. – you forget that, you know, like last year y'all were true freshmen, but we would have thought y'all were sophomores just because y'all had been around and, you know, you went through the right. workouts with us. But for both of y'all, because y'all both played in your true freshman years, what was the the brotherhood like in the locker room for y'all to kind of fall back on, even though it did get tough when you first got here? And even when you kind of faced adversity, Isaiah not really playing at the beginning of the season, Greg facing injury, and then you came back and that type of thing. So talk a little bit about the brotherhood and how that helped you, you know, in your first year. Okay. Um, I mean, I feel like the brotherhood is the most important part. I mean, it makes you want to keep playing and make you want to get back on the field and practice and everything like that. I mean, I, like, like you said, I was out pretty much. And during practice, when I was healthy, I was like, man, I do not feel like practicing no more. But as soon as I got hurt, just just missing that time with, with my homies on the field and stuff like that, man, it, it's just real different. I mean, they kept me up, um, especially um, I was really young in a room. Everybody else was pretty much older, but I mean, they they, they kind of put me under their wing right away. So, I mean, that brotherhood is definitely definitely the main part of this school and I think without that I probably wouldn't have came back as soon as I did. I'd agree with that the brotherhood here is um, I think the best the best thing about coming here um, you know locker room and especially like position groups um, it gets even deeper because you ground with those guys every day and you're in film with those guys every day so I think for me especially you know coming early it was a lot about um, you know learning from the older guys like such as Jeremy who was in the running back room because um, he's been through, you know, been through it, obviously. And I was, you know, as a, as a running back, I was doing exactly what he was doing when he was younger, too. But, yeah, leading on to, like, playing in the season and everything, like, <clears throat> the like the brotherhood on the field is, is like, is incredible. Um, you know, having the – especially, like, the big guys up front, that got me. Shout out, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's deep. Um, you know, it's deeper that can be really, really explained. But I think I think it uh, played, like, a vital role coming early in um, the brotherhood was – was always there. Yeah, just Absolutely. a little key tip, you know, if you're on the field, if you ever forget, just follow that guy right there. <laughs> exactly. Follow Jay. He will lead you to the promised land, and that but is I, fact. I, I will say, I think it was right before camp last year, Zay and myself and Ramad, we were sitting downstairs in the locker room. I think he was getting a cut, and we told you. We said, we don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when your number's going to be called. And at that time, you could have been like, man, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, I'm going to just do my own thing. But you actually took to heart what we said. And you came on in a big way for us at the end of the season. So that, I think that's a testament to, you know, your willingness. And, Greg, you too, your willingness to learn from older guys like Strap for you in the in the DB room, Trey, obviously, those type of things. So just the willingness to learn from the older guys, you know, yeah. with them and the experience that they have. Right. And just to touch on that, like you said, learning. I think the biggest thing I think you've talked about it was knowing the game as much as possible, but at the end of the day, just getting out there and play. And I tell, I told you this, I told all the younger guys, I tell them, just go out there and play because, uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. Jeremy messing something That's up. That's messing up. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, just kind of getting out there and playing, playing fast and not thinking about anything. You just got to have fun with it because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to go out there, you're going you're gonna to mess up like 100%. Like, there's no way anyone's going to come in here and go out there and just – be a hundred, a hundred percent right all the time. Like I think we've talked about it. You know, when you're when you're younger, and you're first getting out there, you're kind of just trying to play to not mess up. Exactly. You know, and it's exactly. not and it's not necessarily the best way to go. So it's like kind of trying to figure that out, and then kind of just with that same type of deal and going into camp as we are in there right now, and kind of making that adjustment to to going into camp and understanding how you, you got to just. Uh, Thank you.
Second time in less than five minutes. When Lark get that look on his face and he's doing his hands in a circle, you're like, oh, here we go. He didn't lost his train of thought. But no, no, no. Getting back to getting to camp and going into camp, you know, you just got to have that mindset of, I think two change says it best. It's just another day we got to get it, especially going out there and trying to, you know, oppress the coaches and kind of earn that spot. And I mean, one of the biggest questions I would ask for y'all, because I just kind of, well, I didn't just think of this, but I thought this the other day was, how was that adjustment for y'all coming into camp after being recruited by one coach, but then getting here and having a different coach and the coaching changes with having Coach Lou move to the running back coach and Coach Mack become your DB coach, even though you were recruited by different head or different position coaches? Uh, yeah, it was obviously um, a surprise coming in. I, I mean, I, they had, I had no you know warning about the position change or anything. But um, like once I heard about it, uh, you know, I just I just I just took it how it was, and I was like, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm out to play for him, uh, regardless of whoever it is. I'm out to play for him, and you know, work my, work my butt off you know, to uh, to play. So when I got here, uh, I, I quickly you know grew a big relationship with uh, Coach Lou because um, he was new too. So we both kind of came in at the same time. Both had to like learn yeah. the offense and everything. But yeah, it was. I mean, I wouldn't say it was much of a much of an adjustment though, dude, because you know I never had Coach Mack. Um, as a coach, so it wasn't like I had to change, you know, different playing, different coaches, you know, different playing styles, maybe. Um, but yeah, um, it was it was a smooth road with Coach Lou. Um, I think he did a great job, you know, of not only learning the plays but teaching me the plays as as he was learning them. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it worked out for me. Uh, for me personally, um, not not many, not too many people know this, but as soon as Coach Brown um, stepped down, um, it was probably about four days after the early signing period. And I was pissed. I, I left our group chat. I didn't respond to nobody. Uh, I want like I was like mad. I wanted to leave. Didn't want to talk to nobody. Like the coaches kept calling yeah. me. I didn't didn't answer anybody. I was mad because Coach Brown. I mean, I've been getting recruited since sophomore year. So I've been up here at least six, seven times before I committed. I didn't sat in rooms, talked to Coach Brown for hours on the phone about football in general. So Building that relationship. Yeah, yeah, building a good relationship with him. So I was really pissed. But uh, Coach Mack actually recruit. he was my re- recruiter too. So, I mean, I talked to him as well. Um, the thing I would say, I, I enjoy Coach Mack because I think he gave me the opportunity to play right away. Um, he trusted me right away. He put me out there in the fire knowing I would mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kept me out there, especially Duke game. I pretty much probably has not got scored in high school at all. Okay. As soon as, as soon as, so, you talking about me? That's I, a no, hey. I'm hold on, saying, wait, hold on. No, hey, that's a high school. Saying, are we all just gonna toot no, horns no, 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 today? No, 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 I'm just saying. Hey, hey that's a high school hearing moment. We're gonna play the please us, please us, please us, please us. Nah, but like going from high school. Um, Illinois football wasn't trash. trash. Illinois football wasn't. Hold on. But I moved to Florida though, bro. No, said, said, said there, hey, there's a on. reason. There's a reason you moved to Florida. Right. Because but my Illinois... team was cold. Uh, no. I'm, just I'm sure there are great teams in Illinois. <laughs> trash. But I left. Trash. For a exactly. reason. That's none of my Exactly. Business. I did leave for a reason. For Illinois a reason. is trash. But uh, I mean. Ain't that right, Zach? Oh, wait. I oh, baby. Oh. But I mean, like, uh, first game. Um, started off slow, like you said. I was thinking too much about not making mistakes, so I wasn't. I wasn't really playing as myself. Second game, I got scored on. It was the worst feeling ever. I just see, and it was at home too. Just see the dude wide open on the post score, and I think that was a big, big turning point in the game. And sometimes I'd be thinking like, dang, if I would have made that play or stopped that, we could have been closer in the game. Obviously, without a touchdown giving up. Good but job. Coach Matt kept me out there and. Um, I think I'm starting to build a closer relationship with him, so I, I think it's I worked out well. 
Yeah, I mean, for everybody in the room, it's just like you get out there, obviously coming out of high school, you get on the field for the first time, mm-hmm. and you're so used to, like you said, dominating, and then you get beat, you're like, oh, snap, like this is different. But at the same time, experiencing that as an as a young guy, mm-hmm. how much do you think that has helped you going into this second year and knowing what to expect having X amount of games underneath your belt? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it helps a lot. Um, I, I mean, I think it even helped last year after – I started playing against Rutgers and then Wisconsin, and then like each game I started feeling more comfortable. And um, I think it showed, um, you know, as well as not only being used to playing and the speed of the game, but also like getting used to the plays, you know, knowing where I got to be without, you know, necessarily thinking about it as much as I used to. Um, so basically, yeah, just playing faster. I think that's, that's, that was the biggest thing for me, not having to think when I'm playing and, you know, also <laughs> at first, you know, getting used to getting hit by the bigger guys. Cause, <laughs> It's not, not the same as high school. <laughs> no. So, yeah, no. 30 carries in college compared to 30 carries in high school is Ain't not the same. nearly the same. So I, try, right. I, I tried telling you. used to taking care of my body after the games and everything. I tried telling you. Um, That's why I needed them. Took, took, took a couple <laughs> games. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you would have figured it out Don't earlier. Don't do this. You know, Lark, you could have been telling me. And, you know, I mean, keep going what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> do not do this. Anyways, I told you, man. Yeah, so I had to learn to take care of my body. Um, you know, to continue to get the uh, X amount of carries that I was getting. And, um, you know, going into this year, I, I think I know what to expect for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously I still have a lot to learn. So I'm excited for that. And then, yeah. I think definitely what you just said is kind of the most important thing of knowing yourself now from learning back then and kind of going into camp. And you've developed these new habits of, of recovery, nutrition, and all the importance of sleep and that, and the importance of like what it takes to be a successful running back at this level. Because I, I think early on back in your days, I ain't going to expose you on what you used to eat because I know you used to live with me back in the day. But it's just how, how important is it for you to kind of guide you through that process of transitioning from being a <laughs> to being a young guy who necessarily doesn't know what's going on to getting to where you're at now kind of with, with the recovery standpoint, I'm lost now. What did I say? help you out yeah help me out right there you, you see how useful how how, yeah. how is it having you know just older guys in your room you know Isaiah obviously you had Lark um you got Johnny Moe uh um uh G News you had Trey Williams you had there Strap you, you had Jared McGee you had guys like that to kind of look up to as far as how to conduct yourself you know what to eat how to prepare for the game how to do this how to do that how helpful was that in just you just learning from them and then applying that to when you got on the field? Thanks, Jared. I appreciate it. <laughs> nah, but um, the older guys definitely taught me a lot, especially Strap. I mean, he probably took care of his body the best I have seen since I stepped on campus. I mean, he changed his eating. I think he's like a vegan or something now. Yeah, I'm he not makes sure. his little vegan cookies yeah, or something. Shout out Strap. Yeah, Shout out Strap. Down in Miami. He do so. some like that. But, I mean, him in general, um, he takes care of his body real well. He – Rod actually introduced me to the ice bath, though. He Right when I got here, he made me go every single day. I did not want to do it, but now I do it every time. Um, also, Strap, with him, he knew how to keep his body so right. Um, like, during the spring, I was out the whole spring with a hamstring injury. He got hurt and pretty much came back in two weeks and was ready to go. I mean, he, he didn't finish the Ohio State game, but he was pretty much full speed. Um, now he's playing for the Dolphins. So I think the older guys really helped me a lot with just nutrition and just meeting, also meeting with Katie and the nutrition staff. I think my body's ready to go for this season. And I said the same thing, um, especially learning from Jeremy uh, early last year. 
Um, just the way he would take care of his body, you know, film study, prepare for games, you know, pick up on tendencies of other defenses, other players, um, stuff like that. So I picked up from him um, early on, uh, going in and trying to, you know, prepare for games as well, just in case my name was called. And um, the biggest thing I think I learned from him, though, was, you know, take care of my body after the games. He was always in the training room with, with uh, the trainers after, the, um, after each game the next day, all week, really, leading up to the game. They grow, they grow up so fast. They grow Aww, up so fast. Jeremy. Hey man, he didn't have to say that like that. <laughs> you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know when somebody about to cry and they trying to hold it in. You know, like when your mom was yelling at you when you was little. She just she just gave you the mouthpiece and you gotta uh, go see your boys. They're yeah. like, bro, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you good. <laughs> Uh, I mean, kind of to touch on, you know, talking about moms, talking about family, you know, just kind of, you know, why you do or why you do the things you do today is kind of from playing with that, playing for the last name on the back. And I know you guys have some really supportive moms and you can hear your mom all the time, Greg. And I know Zay's grandpa is always there for you. How important is your family in helping you and supporting you over the years and kind of helping you get to where you are at today? Um. I mean, for me, like I said, uh, like you said, playing for a name on your back. I think me and Zay are pretty much kind of in the same boat, um, single-parent homes. Not that much money, so we had to kind of fiend for ourselves. Also, like, stipend-wise and stuff, we probably help out with our parents and stuff like that. So, I mean, playing for her is just the greatest thing ever. I mean, like, every season, every game, before the game, halftime, I text her and uh, talk to her, see what's happening. Um, you texted her at halftime? Yeah, she talked to me at halftime, see what I did wrong, see what I did right. <laughs> talk to her at halftime a little bit. But, uh, I mean, the family thing is, is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I got probably 10 to 15 people coming to each home game, probably five to seven coming to each away game. So, I mean, just knowing that your family's there is just mm-hmm. it's just real great. And, uh, yeah, just playing for that name on my back. Yeah, I agree exactly with that. Uh, no, Greg Speaking hit it right on the – Greg hit it right on the money, um, you know, single parent, um, you know, not the most money and everything, you know, trying to help out back home. Um, yeah, but when they're at the games, you know, it gives me something really to play for. They've been there ever since I started playing back in, I think, fourth grade, I think it was. But, yeah, they, you know, they want to see me play good. I want to play good for them. Um, you know, this is the ultimate mission. Uh, obviously, we're both trying to make it to the next level, so we know we have to go out there and perform every day, not just at the games, but practice, trying to get better every day. You know, um, ultimately, it's for them. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, y'all know I had to ask it. You know, everybody's showing each other love. Mm -hmm. We got to set the record straight. Okay. Greg, you play DB. Zay, you play running back. Let's just say it's a hypothetical situation. (laughs) Let's just say. Zay, you coming around the corner. You you get downhill. Come on, Zay. Greg, you you the DB. You got to fill the hole. Well, I mean, what's what's about to happen? What's about to go down? Who's coming out on top in that let battle one on one? Zay, let him know. You know, this this is what I'm gonna say. You feel me? So he probably two fifteen. You feel me? He probably <laughs> around four five. I'm about a buck eighty six. You feel me? But I'm a, I'm gonna bring the wood. You know, I I think I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him to the ground. I'm gonna get him to the ground. It's not gonna be a hard hit or nothing. I ain't right. gonna lie. I ain't, yeah, right. I ain't not a Cam <laughs> Chancellor to come stick you. But hey. I'm gonna get him to the ground. Zay, let him know what we've been working on. Let him know. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm bringing a little shift game this year. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. We're going we're gonna to see. But, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, Greg, Greg can hit, especially for a DB out there. So, okay, I'm yeah. not going to say I'm just going to run this man over clean every time. But, you know, 
I may get him every once in a while. He give me, may give me every once in a while. Let's but put it this way. That's respect. respect. That's respect. Yeah, respect. Yeah, respect. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like sure. it. My boy got more tools in the arsenal now. Like, just wait on it. <laughs> just wait on it. They don't know. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, other than, you know, kind of just wrapping it up kind of as a camp life as a young guy, I think it's mostly important to understand how important the culture is and having that family and that group leader, that, that older guy leadership and you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why we come to a place like this. And at the end of the day, being the best thing or the biggest thing for a young guy kind of going out there and playing and just playing fast is shit. Another two change quote is believe in yourself because who else is going to believe in you? You know, at the end of the day, I think that's why we run out and smack the trust yourself board every single day and kind of give that confidence in you. Because at the end of the day, when that pressure comes and you're at the end of the quarter and it's kind of like you got to make that you got to make that big time play. You, you should be calm, cool, and collective because you're not doing anything new from what you've already prepared to do every single day. That's real. I think right – just real quick, because I know we had these locker room discussions all the time, specifically about basketball. And I asked Trey when he was on yeah. the, the podcast a few weeks ago. But specifically at Greg, because I know I'll be talking to you the most when it comes to <laughs> NBA stuff. And Zay, you can chime in too. What do you think about the the new landscape of the NBA, KD going to Brooklyn, PG and Kawhi going to the Clippers, Golden State kind of being dethroned? Well, I mean, what, what's the NBA looking like coming up this year? Uh, we got a Lakers championship. Oh, you're right calling it right now? Okay. Calling it right now, man. People people sleeping on Brian, man. He's 27, 8 and 8, and he's like probably 45, been in the league. Okay. <laughs> 25, 35 years. No, I will say, I will say, a lot of respect for Brian. That man is different. Like he got great talent. I say I tell people all the time. I, I root for LeBron every time, except when he playing the Pacers. But people got to stop disrespecting Bron because right. he missed man. 18 games last year, and those were probably the 18 games that would have determined exactly. if they made exactly, the playoffs bro. or not. Hey, so let me, I hey, think let he, me try the boat. Let me try the boat. <laughs> I think uh, I think he's gonna uh, come out with a vengeance for sure this year. Yeah. Also, man, the Clippers. I don't know what people. I mean, they're all obviously going to be a great defensive team. But how great is a defense? You like you can't stop LeBron. You can't stop AD. Like it don't matter what defense you put on them, you can't do it. <laughs> it's like it's impossible at this point. It's really impossible. What about the buckets at Houston though? They that, that. What buckets? They got what? a bucket. They had the last two years. <laughs> they say that literally uh, just on a golden platter here. Golden right. State was literally like, take it from us. Like, we don't want this. Yeah. And both times. They said, nah, you good. They was like, really nah, we yeah. good. They we got good. Brody little now. See, they got Westbrook. He coming. Nope. He coming. He comes every year. He going to average man. a triple-double just as always. Look, man, I love the way Westbrook plays. Harden, on the other hand, you know, he get buckets, like you said. But let's be honest. They're not winning. They, they're not a real – they don't truly want to win. They want to get buckets, get the fame. <laughs> Everybody talk about them, but – they're not a true championship team, okay? And I know y'all heard after the freaking – after James Harden and them lost, this man was down in Miami like two days after the loss or a day after the loss. He just wanted stats, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> it, I, you tell me Kobe – you would see Kobe out there. You wouldn't even see LeBron, okay? You wouldn't LeBron see – LeBron dunking the layup lines and stuff. Dunking in the layup lines, you know, but that's, that a, that's, that's a good father right there, okay? You know, he's <laughs> a proud father. Yeah. We need more. We Top need more goat. of that. What day is it? What day is it, buddy? What day is it? But yeah. Hey, I appreciate y'all coming yeah. on though. Appreciate for sure. Uh, oh, okay. Uh oh. Producer, producer in the corner. Mic? Absolutely. Uh oh. All right, for those who can't hear the producer in the corner, his question there is go. kind there of uh retroactively asking what Jake kind of started on the team, which was the Birkenstock trend. But I think 
Greg is wearing some Crocs, mm-hmm. you know, right now on the show. So the question is, are Crocs be are are they starting to become a thing now? Are you bringing them back? You know, I think Crocs are one of the most versatile shoes. You feel me? You can <laughs> go in the shower with them. You can go to meetings with them. They are really not a brand. So you know, Under Armour not really gonna trip when you wear them. And also they got sport mode where you can switch it to the back. You feel me? You can they run. They got that ankle support. Yeah. yeah. Put it to oh, the oh, back and oh, be able to boom, run boom. with it. So I think you can't Crocs run is the most Crocs. versatile shoe there is. So yes, they are making a comeback. I'm not okay. gonna lie. I just I just recently purchased a pair. I told you, man. Crocs. Okay. Yeah, I, I got I got my brother for son for his birthday, and I was like, I might as well give me. Telling you, shout out to. Oh, I copy some too, you know. And speaking of comebacks, I know we talked about. I don't. I think it was on this episode we talked about it, talking about NTAA football. Okay, talking oh, yeah. about the road to glory. Imagine, like you know, my biggest thing was that you know you put up these numbers in high school, you put it up on a video game. Now we go to college, right? You get the chance to finally play as yourself in in the NCAA football. Like, how much of it would it? How much would it mean to you? Like, that'd be sweet, you know. Oh you know, man, right? for me, man, playing as myself would be great, bro. I'll put my put my ratings up though because some of my homies just freaking played with me the other day you know how you can update the roster bro they got me at a 71 bro that's disrespect that's not disrespect that bad that isn't that bad a 71 what you need to be at what you need to be at at least put me at okay you feel me i ain't really go crazy crazy yeah at least put me at an 80 bro can i get an 80 78 79 <laughs> a 71 bro come on bro a 71 <laughs> hey if you were 71 that mean your drip is non-existent come on they're throwing at me every time but it okay. would be no nah, i'd be cool to play as myself though and just play as everybody like knowing your friends is on right, the same team as right. you playing with everybody that'd be pretty cool i definitely you know what i gotta hold on i'm mad i should have said this with travis but i remember we were playing ncaa 14 and we're doing the dynasty mode and this man would not take me in. Like, he would not put me in over Justin. It was a video game. He's like, nah, he's got to get his shine. I'm like, Trav, it's a video game. You actually know me. Just put me in there, okay? You know JJ. That's messed up. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I get JJ live and all, but it's a video game. Let me get some shine. All right, so we about to set the record straight real quick. Okay. There is a video of you and Justin one-on-one. Oh, Lark, what happened? Oh. You were playing linebacker. JJ was the jelly man. Uh-oh. What happened? If you don't say, I'm going to say it for you. So so what happened was, all right, Trey kind of talked about it. You know, when Jelly get out the backfield, he get that arm swinging. So he had caught a pitch from a man. He caught a pitch. He's coming. He got that arm going. I'm a young, naive kid. I'm looking at that arm movement. He's skipping, jumping up and down. And I'm like, all right, I got him. I got him. And he just did something nasty. His, his head and hips, body was all going right. I went right, but then he ended up going left, and I don't—I don't even know. I—I I just felt so bad that defenses had to go against that on a consistent basis for 30 carries a game. Like that's—I don't know how fair. someone wakes up the it's, next morning without nightmares of that. Like that—it's—it's it's crazy. Here, I'll show you the video. Hold on, let me pull it up for you. But anyway, Jerry, you want to wrap this up while I get on the? Yeah. So once again, coming at you from the Whistles Podcast, we had IB. And G News on the podcast, you know, spin a little game to us. So make sure you check the young fellas out. They going into their second year. Um, but that's it. That's all we got. Hey, so play, right. hey, play the song. Hey, play the song real quick. Yep, yep. Hey, Greg said he has a special request for special, the outro music. Song, man, he end, wants to play to end, it. To end y'all podcast, bro, right here. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. It's, it's time to go. Uh, uh. Okay. Yep. Okay. 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 It's time to go. <laughs> oh, All right. Hey, we out. Beep, beep.
Oh, that's all, folks.